Hi, welcome to the Xbox World Strongcast. Hope you're well out there and uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'm Tim and I'm here with Mike. Hello. And Matthew Pellet. It's been a while, right? It has been a while, Mike. I haven't done a podcast for what, five years? <laughs> at least. Yeah. Yeah, at least. Where have you been? Where have I been? I don't know. I, I was trying to work out where I've been on, on the last podcast we recorded and I don't know, I just wasn't here. Just, uh, I just wasn't there. I wasn't here. I, I think it might have been some press trip, but uh, where I was away on, on some, <coughs> just like in London or something, doing something. But it was <laughs> it was so long ago. I, don't, I honestly don't recall. Yeah, and uh, let me apologise up front for the the delay in uh, getting uh, a new podcast out. We've been uh, absolutely flat out on our, our redesign, uh, trying to uh, trying to get that out. Um, we can talk a little bit about that maybe at some point in this podcast, but we can't talk about it too much because it's still not ready to be talked about as of yet. But um, yeah, we've been really busy on that, uh, and Matt's been really busy on uh, on uh, some new and special stuff for our DVD. So uh, so that's the apology uh, for, for being so slow to get our podcast out. Yeah, but the the, the, thi- the well. thing about this podcast is it's going to be so amazing that it's going to make up for the <laughs> is that, is yeah, that right? yeah the couple of weeks. Don't, don't overpromise because we can only underdeliver. Hey, we can't underdeliver when Matt thinks one of the best games he's played this month is Captain America: Super Soldier. Matt, over to you. Me with no voice, by the way, today. Um, yeah, so this weekend I took Captain America home. Saturday morning I didn't really have anything to do and I had to review it. Um, at some point so I thought, oh, let's get let's get this chateau for done with then. I put it in, played it most of Saturday, played it Sunday morning until I got all 1,000 gamer points. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was great. It's the most fun I've had getting 1,000 points in a game for many a month. What we should say at this point is that um, there's, no, a, there's, a there's lot no people, irony in what I'm saying. No, there's really not. Matt loves this game, and there's a lot of people in the office who've also been reviewing it. Brother Mags, guys reviewing it for Games Master, guys reviewing it for PSM3, and every one of them's come to me and said, "Mike, this game is so bad. It's so rotten. It's completely uninspired. It hasn't got two ideas to rub together. It's just a quick time event that you, where you just you know you you, you it's a barely interactive bit of a." Bit of video game storytelling, and they're completely I, wrong. I can't, uh, I can't cast expressions either way. All I know is what I saw, and what I saw was a guy doing some Prince of Persia stuff, and he was swinging around on the the, the, ball, the pole, and he was like, "Watch this!" He just tapped A and made the jump perfectly. He was like, "Watch!" I didn't even have to look at the screen. Turned his back on the screen, just tapped A, made the jump perfectly. Tapped A again, made the jump perfectly, over and over again. I was like, "Wow, that looks like the game's basically playing itself." And then Matt showed me. The game's got a lot of challenge rooms, Batman-style challenge rooms, because the combat system is very much mm. uh, inspired by Arkham Asylum. And you know what? It actually looked quite competent, only because it's it's lifted so much from Arkham Asylum. But it kind of looked like a slightly floatier version. It didn't have the sort of same sense of impact, same sense of meatiness. With the exception of the platforming sections, the game is an exact copy of Batman Arkham Asylum. Um <laughs> But not made by Rocksteady, obviously, and it's not quite as polished. Uh, it's not quite as complete. Um, it's obviously had to be created within a set time frame. It's had to come out the same week as the movie, so they've had that pressure. Whereas, obviously, we know Batman was put back many a time, even when it was almost like a month after a release. Yeah. Uh, it got put back another four months. Uh, and at the time, we had a uh, complete code in the office. Yeah, that, was, that was a tactical delay. Like, guys, what what are you doing? Like, 
the game's finished. But yeah, like Mike says, that would have been for marketing reasons as much as anything. But they had that luxury, and they had the luxury of lots of money. Square Enix uh, bankrolled the first one. Warner Brothers are bankrolled yeah, in Arkham City. They, right? um, they had all these, uh, you know, all these assets at their disposal. Next level games who uh, who are making or who have made sorry Captain America haven't had that, uh, but they have had a retail copy of Batman Arkham Asylum, <laughs> and they've thoroughly enjoyed their retail <laughs> copy of Batman Arkham Asylum. The thing with that, and they've said, "Oh, that's a good game." We can make a good game like this, and you know what they have done. The thing with that is that you can you can look at that two ways. I guess you can think, wait a minute, they've just ripped off Batman. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we often sit in this podcast and we say, why don't why don't if you're going to rob, rob from the best, yeah. you know? So I don't know. I, I'm sort of split two ways about it. I I mean, they've probably had like about five minutes to turn the game around, mm-hmm. and they've probably thought, what what can we do? to turn the game around quick and to make it as good as we possibly yeah. can just steal from Batman they uh, they have they've shamelessly robbed from Batman um, but they've honoured it as well they've, it's not just like they've lifted all these features and they've put no love into it whatsoever it's clear like they've, they've thought about it um, and you know even an, a, a, a competent knockoff of Batman is a good game so and that's what it the is next level they're actually a, a fairly um, competent outfit you know, they made, they're um, making the new Luigi's Mansion game for 3DS. They're doing, uh, as Max says, the new Luigi's Mansion. Nintendo quite liked them because they did Punch-Out for Nintendo. They did Mario Strikers Charge for Nintendo. To be fair, both were rubbish. But they were competent, you know, well-made. They, they delivered on what they had to do. So it wasn't for me, and it probably wasn't for you either, but it was an authentic version of Punch-Out. It was a solid version of Mario Strikers. They did Super Mario Spider-Man Friend or Foe. You know, mm. it wasn't great, but again, it was competent. And these guys seem to just be caught in a trap, essentially. They're constantly banging out licensed tat. They did the Ghost Recon on Wii, a Transformers Cybertron Adventures game. Ghost Recon Wii, on Wii know. wasn't actually that bad. Alex Dale reviewed it for Endgame and he really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, it was sort of a kind of like a light Ghost Squad style. Sort of, yeah, it was, it was actually pretty good. Again, these are all like good 7 out of 10 games. They're not, they're not going to be collecting any BAFTAs for their games or anything, no. but they are producing pretty solid stuff and they've got the faith of some seriously major publishers I think major publishers know you can give these guys not a lot of money not a lot of time and they'll deliver you a 7 out of 10 mm-hmm. like how many other outfits can say that you can't say and let's be honest like, Iron Man. a 7 out of 10 game is new ground for Sega and Marvel I mean the last couple of games you had Thor and you had Iron Man 2 both of which are like Two out of ten stinkers. Yeah, I mean, so so I mean, I was you know I I fully admit I was absolutely expecting this to be more of the same because we hadn't seen it before Promoco came in, and I was thoroughly surprised. And I'm not just like loving the game because it took me by surprise. I'm loving the game because I had a right good time playing it from start to finish. Sounds like the relationship I've got with uh, Tenchu Z on the uh, Z because they use the American uh, American consonant, Uh, but Tenchu Z on. on a 360, which is a, uh, it's it's all right. It's uh, you know it's it's okay. I love it. I really really like it. And um, Geraint Evans, former formerly of Games Master, Geraint Evans loves the game as well. And so you know anyone looks at the game and sees you playing, they're just like you're out, you guys are out of your mind. You guys are out of your mind. But we just have nothing but love for those games. You know every once in a while a game comes along. For some reason, it just bites mm. you. Mm. It just it just stole the right things. It just nicked the right things. I, th- I think it helped that I actually finished. Arkham Asylum for the sixth time two weeks ago. Play through it again. Play through number six, finished it, and this was one week later. And I think I managed to appreciate more than perhaps anyone else 
how close in many ways it is, especially the combat. Now, everything that it does, everything that lifts off of Arkham Asylum is is not as good as in Batman. In fact, there's there's one thing which I think is better than Batman. It's a tiny little point. It's the fact that Captain America has a shield and that that shield can deflect bullets. And if you time your, your countering with the shield correctly, you actually shoot them back, you, you bounce the bullets back and you can kill the person who shot you. Your headshot. You're dealing with Nazis, um, so you can kill whereas, them. Like, you know. Whereas in uh, in Batman, uh, if if a projectile was coming into you, then you're stuffed. You might be able to roll out of the way and evade. But there was Arkham City addresses this. You can grab projectiles and throw them back. Um, but Captain America, he actually has a solution for this. Everything else is not quite as good. So it's basically the same free flow combat as in Batman. Um, so of takedowns, you build up a focus barb and then you trigger takedowns. Uh, with uh, right bumper and X, and it does the whole. Uh, in Batman, when you kill the well, when you knock out the last guy, the camera goes in close. It goes slow mo. That happens when you unleash your like super attack in, in Captain America. Um, that's lifted entirely. However, uh, in Batman, whereas if you're in a combat situation and say you kill, <laughs> not kill, you knock out the penultimate guy and the final guy in the room is completely the other side of the arena. You can just tap towards him, press X, and Batman will you know, flip and cartwheel over and smack him in the face. Whereas in Captain America, there's like a radius of effect, whereby if, if the last guy is too far away, he'll just punch in the air. You have to manually run over and hit him. Um, you can throw the shield, of course, and knock him out that way, but that one little thing makes the combat not quite as good as Batman's. And it's the same throughout, like... This, the the world that they've created um, is a like mountainside retreat where they're digging up this this mystery object from from below from inside the mountain. Is it a cosmic cube? No. Oh, okay. Uh, it's no, I won't say. Is it Hitler's brain? <laughs> no, it's not Hitler's. Brain. Is it Robo Hitler's brain? There might be robots involved. Okay. Is it Hitler's willy? There's <laughs> always bloody robots, isn't there? Um, when, there it, when it's yeah. comic book games, they always yeah. go back. And there are a few robots, robots in this. Um, and uh, so the world is like an open world uh, mountainside retreat with a barracks and with a train station and with all these other uh, areas dotted around. But unlike Batman, where you know it's an open world and there's gear gating and you re- revisit past areas with new gear and you can explore new areas, it's just an open area that hasn't <coughs> an open world that hasn't been utilized in the correct way so if you just play it from start to finish you might not even realize it's anything other than a linear game it's only if you take it upon yourself to backtrack and to find collectibles which so, so which by bad, the way bad design which by the way you uh, you can mostly get just in your you know start to finish playthrough that's so it's these things that haven't you know with more time with more yeah. thought they could they could that's the thing it's like you can, you can copy all these little bits but the bits alone don't make yeah. the game you know so do you think that's why everyone else in the world hates it I do I think I think that's why it's like everything uh, the Batman does this does but not quite as well mm. but I still think it does enough like the bits that do with the combat is I, I think spectacular but it looks a bit ugly well, it looks very ugly in fact compared yeah, it's to not Batman a, not a great looking um, game is it and the platforming, I don't know, at first I was quite against it. I thought, like Mike says, it's very simple, very uh, very pointless. Um, but, you know, actually when you're playing it and you're just hopping from area to area and punching people and then, you know, doing some more platforming, uh, you kind of come to appreciate it. It's quite rhythmic and the better you do in the platforming, the more experience you earn to level up. Um, I don't know, I, I had a right blast playing it. And you know what, I've looked online at some people's comments 
And although critics seem to be panning it because it's an easy target, it's a film tie-in and normally they're shit. So, you know, why should this be any different? People who have gone out and bought it seem to like it by and large. Not everyone, but there are a few people, there are a lot of readers out there saying this is an 8 out of 10 game. So I don't think it's quite that good for the record. But I know personally I had a great weekend playing it. I think the thing that people need to start stealing from Batman isn't any one particular idea, isn't any like particular character, isn't even any particular setting. It's <coughs> it's the deadline they they were given. It's like if you can if if Marvel were to really want to invest in video games, they could build a dozen Arkham Asylums. And, you know, you see what they've done for movies. You know, their investment in movies has been huge. They set up, they set up a dedicated studio just to invest in movies. And you could, it's envisage a situation where they say, right, four years from now, we're going to have the best Spider-Man game in the world, and <coughs> it'll be the best Spider-Man game ever made, and it'll be, uh, it'll be one of the biggest games of the year. And you could get the right studio on that. You could get a radical on it or something like that, and you could really throw money at it and just say, guys, mm-hmm. you're done when it's done. Which is what they had to frisk. Which is why Arkham Asylum turned out so good. They mm-hmm. had the freedom to sit there and say, you know, wouldn't it be good if when Batman's fighting, if a guy's on the other side of the room and he's the only guy in the room, you just hold towards him and tap X, you'll you'll launch across the room and get him. And it's just yeah. those little things that made it a great game. And you can, I mean, you can look across a lot of licensed games. I mean, I I did a review of um, the last the latest Transformers game for uh, one of our mags in London. DVD review and uh, and I played it and and it's half a good game you know it's it's it's, it's solid the thing is the last Transformers game which wasn't tied into a movie was actually it was good it was, it was pretty, pretty good, good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no it was, was pretty, pretty good. it was pretty good and this is made by the same people yeah. so and you can see it's half a good game but Dark, it was, Mo- Dark Moon Dark of the Moon yeah, yeah. Uh, and the Dark Moon series yeah they, they just tell, they, they made this game which they had like plenty of time to work on it's quite good then yeah. they made this new one and you're like well you can see it's almost a good game there I mean you know I don't think to, to, to be fair to High Moon I don't think it's it's not their it's not their fault I mean they've been they've they've been told get this crank this game out for when the film comes out and yeah. you can see it it's written all over it it's it's cranked out for when the film comes out and it's half a good idea and the other half's absolutely well, terrible you know movie licenses are here to stay we're going to keep getting them but and I won't be surprised if when they do the Batman reboot, not the Nolan thing, but after that, that we get a, a Batman movie game, which has nothing to do with Rocksteady and so on. It'll be rubbish. But, you know, why not just take your A-teams and put them on the most famous characters in the world? Spider-Man, Batman, Superman. Mm. These are brand names beyond mm. brand names. These are, you can buy these guys on T-shirts from Australia mm. to North Africa to London, you know, you can you name it. You can get these get these characters. Everyone knows them. Take your A teams and put them on the game, and just say, make a great game. Because let me tell you, like a great Spider-Man game, a Spider-Man game that's as good as a Batman as a Batman game, a Spider-Man game that's as good as a Halo will smash Halo. Mm. It will destroy Master Chief. Mm. Master Chief can't touch Spider-Man. Mm. You know, it's the biggest character in the world. You got there, Batman, the biggest character, <laughs> Superman, the biggest characters in the world. Mm. Like invest in them, invest in them. Say, take the take an A League studio and say, "This is what we want from you guys." And we and here's the time you got to do it. And it's you know it's four years of experimentation rather than uh, eighteen months of banging something together as fast as possible. Yeah. I I'm not a game designer, uh, you know I'm not a game developer, but I fully believe if I had the opportunity to go in on a like a producer level, give that team an extra year, 
could have come out with a game that was knocking on the door for 90%. So I fully Captain believe America, that. Yeah. Captain America, I fully believe it. When I finished, I did something I've never, ever done before. I sat down. I soiled myself. I, <laughs> I soiled myself. After I did that, I wrote down a list of basically all the things. It was on its way to getting right, but it didn't. I wrote, it came out 5,000 words I wrote down saying needed to do this, needed to do that. If you enact all those changes, and to be honest, they were all little things. So the first point I wrote down was like, the camera's too far back. Like Batman Arkham Asylum, it needs to come closer. It needs to go just over the shoulder and the default pace shouldn't be running. It should be walking. All these little changes that aren't actually that tough mm. to do. If they were all put in there, um, like the thing is they probably know all this stuff. They, they got, do and they, they didn't have the time. The same but document on their but machine. with the investment, you know, and you know, Sega and Marvel must be looking at what, um, Warner are doing with Batman. Yeah. Marvel have to be jealous of DC. You'd right hope now, so. Right? I mean, the thing is, it's been it's been two years since Batman. You'd have thought like we start seeing the fruits of and and here's the here's the that, stupid thing. I mean, you know, in the past year we've had Iron Man two, we've had Thor, and we've had Captain America. You could take the Batman template and you could tweak it so that each one of those properties fits into exactly the same yeah. game template. You change the assets, you change the gadgets. I mean. Captain America has was, no gear. Thor to me was perfect for the whole God of War thing. You, yeah. you, can, you can just completely rip off God of War with Thor. I mean, he is a god, mm. and he's got a bloody great big hammer, and he can shoot lightning about the yeah. place. Like he's perfect for the God of War formula. But you need a God of War class studio yeah. and a God of War class budget to really make a God of War class game. But I would argue that you could also fit Thor into the Batman template with the right justification. And have it work like with I Captain America. Thor's so powerful. It's like when you, it's like Superman. It's like you couldn't put Superman in like a small space. I'm know? not sure it would work with Superman. I think, well, I think I mean, Thor is more with Superman. Um, but with Captain America, like okay, he doesn't have gear. There was a weird bit when you lose uh, partway through. You're you're captured. You lose your shield, and you suddenly feel vulnerable for it, and you lose your gear belt, and you reclaim your, your shield, and then you go into another room and you reclaim your belt. But your belt doesn't do anything other than you find 12 AA guns during the game, and then you hit B by them, and you can set a bomb and blow them up. Mm. He has no gear. And to be honest, I don't know Captain America. I don't know if the character Just himself has gear. But that doesn't matter, because you could still gear gate things. Like, when you find the shield, it's it's being um, it's in a machine, and they're... In, you know they're testing it and whatnot. Like why not? When he reclaims the shield, suddenly it's got a new ability. So when you play through the game, you can't, you, are, you can't mess with it. No, but the American thing is, when you when you play there. through the game, you unlock uh, experience points, and, and with that, you upgrade your shield. So your shield, when you throw it, normally it just hits one person down. So you can upgrade it so it bounces right, for three, then for four, then for five. Or how about you tie that into the story, and then you can have a shield that works sort of like the boomerang in Zelda. So there, are, say there's a gate, and there are four. You know, it's it's so secret inside that you need four soldiers to flip switches at the same time to protect it. Well, then you've suddenly got a shield that can hit four switches all at the same time, and you can now access new areas. At one point in that game, he has the ability to punch through walls. How about that's worked in used as a gadget so that he then, uh, when you hit a certain point in the story, you can then. A powered-up shield, for instance, can knock through certain types it's of door. All, it's all easy stuff to do with like a, a human-level character, but the thing with um, like Marvel and DC is most of their characters are god-level powers. You know, it's like when you're dealing with Thor and Superman, it's hard to make a game out of those guys. It mm. really is. Like Superman in particular, it's like unless you depower him, which is the mm. usual trick. This is what they Su always Superman's do. Superman's always the tricky one. I, I wouldn't know how Superman's to approach a massive that. Pain. He's a hard character to write. I mean, he's, he's he's almost. 
the, he, the toughest character to write. I dare say. Oh, I dare. You might leave him down my Superman's throat. boring. Everybody says Superman's boring. He's Superman boring. Is, he's so boring. clean cut. No, he's not. I, I don't think. I don't think Superman's got great villains. I think that's that, Luthor's that's, as good. As Luthor's gets, as yeah. good as it gets. But you know, Luthor's, yeah, Luthor's a great. Luthor's a great villain. Yeah. Great villain. Don't get me wrong, but um, yeah, he was a great villain after um, he was relaunched. You know, when the, yeah. the John Byrne yeah. relaunch. Then he became like you know, this businessman, the kind of guy who can run for president of the United States <clears> and win. But you know, Superman is is a hard game, and the reason. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't remember any good Superman games. No, and, no, uh, uh, and the reason is, is it's just how do you. How do you put the player in peril when you're playing the most powerful man in the universe? Now, Iron Man's a tough game as well, but I'll tell you what Iron Man should be. It should just be Ace Combat, and you upgrade your suit as you go. Yeah. You know, you build this game where it's basically Ace Combat. You're, you're, you're taking him into war zones, and you're fighting against probably robots. Let's be honest, it's video mm. games. But, you know, you can you can do all kinds of stuff with uh, with uh, Iron Man, with that suit. Like, the upgrades, you talk about upgrades with um, the, the Captain America shield. The things you can do with Iron Man... Yeah. You could go through every iteration of his armor he's ever had. You can have a section where he gets breaks out the Hulkbuster armor, you know? Mm. You could do some really fun stuff with Iron Man. Gets upgrades sent over from, uh, yeah. from back, yeah. back home. Yeah, so you just, totally. you just he arrives on a big crate and stuff, yeah. and he's like, you could do it when he's got his lightweight briefcase armor mm. and everything. You could do all kinds of cool but stuff. If, but if Marvel wanted to be cheap about it, they wanted just a template they could drop stuff in, you could have an, you know, go back to the Batman template, you could have an Iron Man that fits into that world. Again, trouble is, Iron Man's like an airborne kind of guy. And as soon as you as soon as you make the character you've got fly, things get the game becomes a very different. You can limit it. You can almost like just use the fly mechanic like Batman's grapple, and have him just like burst to certain areas of of the enclosed environment. Oh no, there, there are a lot of options. I think at that point you're squandering the character. The reason the Batman game works so so well is it's it, totally it's true it to totally Batman. Fits it's Batman. totally true to Batman. And that kind of game wouldn't totally fit Iron Man. You need something that's more action-packed, more dynamic. Batman's like, you know, a more low-key kind of dude, whereas Iron Man's all flash, all show, all singing, all dancing, mm. say, flying about the place. You know, he's the guy who's jetting from uh, New York to L.A. You know, at the speed of sound in his Iron Man suit. It's mm. like, you need, you need to be like, exploit that in the game, and there's really cool ways you can exploit that. So with Superman, it's like... You ground the guy, you make you make it ultimate Clark Kent simulator. You can actually have some fun with the Clark Kent stuff. Have mm. him doing some like serious. Have him doing like stuff as um, LA Noir style stuff as mm, Clark yeah. Kent, you know. But sooner or later, well, and then you have to bust out the Superman suit and, and sooner or later he's got to put on the tights and fly is the thing, you know. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's a tough tough character to play. With. So on the subject of superheroes, Nilo Green on our Twitter feeds uh, asked today, "What did you guys think of the recent teasers of both the up and coming Batman and Spider Man films?" <clears throat> I thought this, the um, Batman one was a bit of a waste of time. Yeah, I mean that, that's obviously Warner uh, Brothers wanted that trailer right. to go in front of. Um, they wanted Harry a trailer. Potter. They wanted a trailer. They were launching Harry Potter, biggest movie of the year, and they needed a Batman trailer yeah. in front of it. Glimpse of Bane, though, I suppose. Yeah, looks quite beefy. I think Hardy's going to be great. As yeah, Bane, but I think he, I mean he looks a bit silly in the trailer. But then of course he's going to. I mean, the trailers always make him look a bit. Yeah. silly. Yeah. What do you make of um, Gordon in in bed with a with a breathing apparatus yeah, on Gordon's been dying in the comics like a billion times though so it's like what I do worry about the new movies they are introducing the Lazarus Pit in it the Lazarus Pit for people oh is that confirmed know. is it yeah as far as we know it's Lazarus here. Pit we, um, it seems like the thing with the Lazarus Pit is um, you know if you're not familiar with it, it basically it's this 
it's a big, big hole in the ground. People go and bathe in it, and it sort of rejuvenates them. It regenerates them. It cured the Riddler's cancer, for instance. It allows them to sort of kill off characters. And- oh God, it's just it's such a contrivance in the comics and in the movie. It just doesn't feel like it belongs in Nolan's world. Now, admittedly, the first movie was very schlocky comic book fare. Certainly in the second half. Yeah, Not so much the yeah. First well, you were half, still all a little bit like the monorail, monorail EMP yeah. weapon. Yeah. You know, it was all a little bit silly. But the second movie took itself very seriously, mm. and for the third movie to go convict like a super comic booky again I think is actually the wrong I know I mean I'm sure no one's going to deliver but it just doesn't feel yeah. it doesn't gel with me right now no. it's like if you're like oh well you got the Lazarus pit so he can, refi- he can fix Batman if he gets his back broken by Bane which is yeah. what we're all expecting yeah. right okay so he gets his back broken alright well let's get um, James Gordon in there as well because he's out curious yeah. he's like his poorly throat yeah. and while we're at it let's dig up um, what's her name's body we'll sling her body yeah. in there and old um, Maggie, yeah. Maggie what's her face? Yeah, yeah. Or, or she'll, comes back. She, she, can come, yeah, she'll, she can come back to life. Yeah. And who else? Two face. Two face. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll fix his face as yeah. well, so he'll be okay. He won't be psychologically damaged anymore. He can. So the only way I see it, I told you guys this back in the office. The way I see it working in that in that universe is that if the Lazarus pit isn't mystical at all, it's simply just like a, a chop club shop where it's like. You know, below in the basement or something, it's black market surgery. Mm. So they're yeah. getting organs and patching people up. Yeah. Is is you know a dodgy surgeon say, yeah, or rather, surgeon? Rather than being a magical place, it could just be literally like this guy who's just a hell of a doctor who fixes the wealthiest. Doctor Lazarus who, 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 and is his pit. I don't know. The wealthy fixes the wealthiest people yeah. in the world. But people are saying it's like uh, Liam Neeson might be in for a role in this movie. Yeah, because of the Lazarus pit. Yeah, it's um. There's rumor that he's been he's been signed on for the movie. Right, okay. And Spider-Man? I thought Spider-Man was, I thought Spider-Man was quite pretty good, good actually. But anyone who didn't instantly, any gamer who didn't instantly draw a parallel with the Mirror's Edge trailer. I know, it's amazing. My God. Mm. The, um, the first person bit in that Spider-Man yeah. trailer is... Basically Mirror's Edge. It's the, it's the beginning of that, that very first ever Mirror's Edge gameplay yeah. trailer, right? Mm. right? Where she leaps across the rooftop, she looks down at her feet as she's going. I don't know about that, man. <laughs> I'd, I'd like, I wonder like, if that'll actually appear in the, in the film. Well, yeah, I mean, it seemed to me like you were just putting it in the uh, trailer to... Um, Introduce Spidey, but at the same time, it was a complicated scene. I didn't see him just doing that without. No, I it was Garfield very well done. Lo- I think Garfield looks the part. Yeah, yeah. I thought that. Good. I thought that first person scene was very well done. A lot well of done. people are going, "Oh, why do you need to reboot Spider-Man?" Well, you'd be good. I'm like, "Well, why not reboot it?" Yeah. Everyone's co- in our office, Gem in particular, moan, moan, bloody moan. Come out the new Spider-Man, we're like relaunch. You're like, "Well, you know, why not?" It's like. I, I, well, why don't remake it? Remake it a dozen times. As long as I get a good movie out of it, I don't care. I, I, the thing is with Spider-Man is that, you know, what what are the alternatives? That you're going to do a washed-out Peter Parker who can't pick up, put on the suit anymore because he's had enough of the... Uh, and then you just get every other, you know, every other kind of... Yeah, you start yeah, running out of villains. That's right, yeah. you know, and I mean... Uh, the, the story... Stop back no, I know. Central to, central to Spider-Man, it, perhaps in a way that... I guess, you know, well, certainly for Spider-Man, it's central to him, central to everything that makes him who he is, is this sort of origin story that he has. It's such a... Yeah, it's such an a, iconic story. Yeah, such an iconic story that you, you almost have... If they, if they aren't going to start again, we're going, OK, we've got a new Spider-Man, got a new director, going to start from scratch, you have to do the origin Only story. Only two characters have more iconic origin stories than Batman and Superman. Mm. Like this guy who flees uh, Krypton. Although, to be fair, his dad was a bit of a rubbish scientist. He was able to... He couldn't convince anyone on Krypton that the planet was going to... <laughs> explode and he was only able to get his son in a rocket couldn't he build a few more of those yeah he's rubbish hey that's that's Brando for you yeah, it's Brando <laughs> yeah. he blew it he did he's he... too busy uh, dealing with his own family problems back home too yeah he was yeah well I, I don't really know I, this is going to sound awful I don't really know 
like the ins and outs of Spider-Man. So the planet that you came from... Superman, everyone, you mean? Yeah, Superman. Yeah. Was everyone else like supermen and women? No. Why because, is he a Superman? Because the city is powered by <coughs> Earth's, uh, Earth's sun. Earth's yellow sun gives him his power. Yeah, Krypton didn't have a yellow sun. So they couldn't fly? No. Okay. No, they were basically like regular folks, but when he, come, he comes here, did he none of them none of them like go on holiday? That's why in Super, that's why in Superman two, Zeus, uh, not Zeus, um, Zod is like, uh, like oh, I'm actually, I'm like I can do some amazing stuff yeah. here, and he realizes just how powerful he is. Uh, I was gonna say like if any of them like went on vacation, oh let's go to that that planet. To be fair, like, there probably is a dude, version I'm of DC brilliant. continuity where they all were Supermen. Like DC continuity has been rewritten a dozen times. You know they've just relaunched every DC comic from issue one. Really, every DC comic has just been relaunched. Interesting. Go straight back to number one. Supposed to be any good? Uh, some of them are, some of them aren't. Right. Usual fare, you know, but right. they're all number ones. It's oh, a okay. strange old tale. And Superman, of all of them, I mean, most of them take place in the present day, but Superman's actually t- is the only one which takes place in the past. Right, okay. It's when he's just becoming Superman. Mm. And the cover to, uh, there's a disgusting cover to, I think, his action comics, uh, number one, where he's, um, he's wearing jeans and a T-shirt and the cape. You're like, mm, really? <laughs> Jeans and t-shirt and the cake. Yeah. What? That's his outfit. I'll look it up. It's unbelievable. What? What were they thinking? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, so yeah, you know, going back to the whole Spidey thing, I actually, I, I think it looks all right, man. It's like as long as you've got the right guy making a, a, a remake, who cares? If we get a good movie out of it, it's like it doesn't mean the original stop existing. It's like if if he's not going to do it anymore, unfortunately. But if Darren Aronofsky has remade RoboCop. Mm. Who wouldn't have gone to see that? Yeah, the first film film is amazing. I mean, it's yeah. a brilliant film, but like a new one doesn't stop it from existing. Doesn't get rid of it. it doesn't mean like Darren, Ar- Darren Aronofsky is going to go and wipe every. Yeah, he's not going to take a big electromagnet and go see the local blockbuster and be like, "Listen, guys, I'm gonna, <laughs> I got to take care of a job." Here. <laughs> yeah, it's like let's just get good movies. And someone was saying this on another podcast I was listening to lately, and it might have been a really old podcast I was listening to, or it might be a brand new podcast. So I should mention that in case there's someone, there's someone's overlapping. I've heard this argument this week before, but no, it's like there's there's so much ground to to just dredge up with a character like Spider-Man, but sooner or later you run out of good stuff. It's like Batman. You don't want to run Batman into the ground like you did in the nineties. Mm. You know, do the th- do the Nolan trilogy and just do another trilogy. Have someone else do a really nice trilogy as well, yeah. and we'll just tell the same old cool Batman stories over and again. We'll take Batman. We'll use him, use him as a threat, a catalyst. To tell a really cool story, and we'll just keep doing that over and over. Yeah. The only, I guess, the only thing with Batman you, you've got is, I mean, you have got uh, some tradition in the comics of of doing a washed up older Batman, you know, with a Frank Miller take on it and stuff. Well, you know, the dream would have been to get um, Clint Eastwood sometime in the that mid nineties to have done the Dark Knight that would Returns. Have been amazing because Eastwood had the face, yeah, you know, he had the look, he had everything. Yeah. So, what have you been been playing, Mike? Well, I've been playing a game I can't talk about, I'm afraid. Well, you can, um, t- you can say what its name is. I can play Deus Ex. Um, I've finished Deus Ex now. Finished it a couple of times, haven't you? But yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I'm actually not going to play it again after this, though, because uh, I enjoyed it so much. Next time I play it, I want to play it on my own time. just want to enjoy it, you know? Um, it's... We're not being deliberately sneaky here. We've, it's just we've signed a um, we signed an NDA where we can't talk about it before a certain date. Well, we can't talk about the details before a certain yeah, date. Yeah, and even after that, there's certain like plot points they'd rather we didn't spoil. So obviously, we're not going to do that. Yeah. But what I will say is this, and hopefully they won't uh, they won't hold it against me. Um, when I was playing that game, I don't think I've ever played a game. Well, not ever. I don't think I've played a game in a very long time. It does so much so well for so long. It absolutely, it does more than almost any other game I can think of 
It does everything it attempts almost perfectly. There's a few things which are a little bit, you know, I could have, I could have lived without, and we mentioned those actually in our first preview feature on it. Uh, the boss fights, for instance. Uh, there's... I, when I was playing that game, I was making decisions that I agonised over. I sat and I thought, Jesus, well, what, what if I do? What are the ramifications? What could the possible ramifications be of these decisions? There were people in that game that I killed because they deserved it, not because I had to. Um, I was playing on a completely clean run through the game. I hadn't killed anyone, but there came a point when I met a bunch of people who they deserved it. They, 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 you know, they'd done stuff that deserved. They didn't deserve to get away with. So. You take them down and you're like, you know what, that, that isn't right that these guys just get to walk around. So you turn around and you shoot them and guess what? The game reflects that. If you'd let them live, the results would have been different. The newspapers would have read differently in the game. The things people said to me would have been different. You'll make big decisions in every room you walk into. Am I going to sneak this? Am I going to shoot through it? Am I going to go invisible? Am I going to try and find a vent to get through? Am I just going to jump to a higher level using my augmented legs? And you... You realise everywhere you're going, you're making big, important decisions. And sometimes those decisions are like key plot points. There are characters that you, uh, you'll sacrifice because it will benefit you. And there are characters you'll save even though you know it could cost you your life and it could cost other people their lives. And it does this for 30 hours. Like, name me, like, you know, Batman's Arkham Asylum is a great game. Yeah. It does everything well. Is it for 12 hours on the first playthrough? Probably like six or eight on the second. Mm. Well, this one, if you really want to truck through it, I think you can get through it in probably 10 hours. But no one's doing that on their first go. I pretty much explored everything, and it came in about 32, I think. Mm. Bear in mind, I played the first 10 hours before anyway. So I was able to, quite a few times, so I was able to truck through the first 10 hours in about three hours instead. Uh, so, But if you if you treat it as if I'd, I hadn't played that, if I'd added the original 10 hours to all the stuff that happened beyond then, then you're looking at a game where... Well, let me put it this way. When I wrote that feature a couple of months ago in Xbox World, a lot of people will have read it already, the first 10 hours of the game. That really is the first third of the game. Make no mistake, that is the first third. After that, there's a ton more game. A whole new city to visit. Dozens of new levels. Loads of new characters get introduced that you know you don't even mention, you don't even see in the first 10, 10 hours of the game. This is ge- generation-defining stuff. Right, okay. Big words. Yeah. But in any other year, we pre- I, I, it's, it's kind of, you can be kind of confident to say, wow, this is, it's only the end of August, have we got a game in a year already? Mm. Might not even it? be in the top three. <laughs> yeah, and it's such a, it's such a round out year. It's Who insane, knows? isn't it? But it's, um, this, this year is the year which defines our generation, this mm. current generation. This is, it's definitely this year, and Deus Ex is one of those games. And I say that not based on the <coughs> review code, I say it based on the preview, tower preview code, because I'm not allowed to talk about the, uh, mm. the review code, obviously. Just on that subject, I mean, we've talked about it a lot in the office, but I don't think we've ever talked about it um, uh, on the podcast. And um, Mike, you've said this quite a lot. I mean, and I guess it sounds—it probably sounds a bit rum us saying it, given we're an Xbox uh, Xbox mag. But um, is Xbox 360 the the greatest console ever? I mean, and I mean in terms of its in terms of its games, in, in terms of its lineups, in terms of the amount of amazing exclusive games we've got combined with the quality of the third Quite party possibly stuff. although even though and like we'll, we'll offer some of the games in a moment just to highlight why we think that might be true that being said I still think there's cause to be jealous of Nintendo and Sony I mean you look around and you think oh those Mario Galaxy games yeah. or oh the 
Shadow of the Colossus, Ico, I think, and I think Last the Guardian. Thing isn't so much that this this generation, this Xbox is the best um, console. Is it it's this, generation this generation is the best, best gaming generation ever? I mean, but the only reason I say that is because the 360 has got, I would argue, better exclusive hmm. games than than PlayStation has. You know, Nintendo is slightly a slight. Sl- Nintendo always make brilliant games for their own consoles, but it's the lack of brilliant third-party games that really do for a Nintendo console, or at least have done since the days of the yeah. SNES. Yeah. Um, so that's why I suggest that maybe Nintendo aren't... Yeah, sure, Mario Galaxy is pro- you know, maybe mm. in the top three games ever made, maybe the top game ever made. I haven't, haven't played it to the extent you guys have, but it's not... For me, Nintendo can't compete with in this generation because it's exactly the same as the last generation where they're delivering a lot of value uh, out of Nintendo HQ but not a lot of value from their third party partners well if I if I look at the games of the generation they're primarily multi-format now what I would say is some of them are definitely better on 360 like an orange box is much better on 360 but than it is on PC of course, of course it's better on PC better on PC exactly uh, which so we should especially ignore. at this point in the generation we're at the point now where games are conspicuously better on PC yeah, yeah. Um, but you know one that I don't think I could put in there myself just personally but I think as a, as a great game deserves to be and certainly Mike it would be on his list Bayonetta it's another one that on 360 yeah. is far far better than it is on I PS3 Bayonetta's like a, a flat 10 out of 10 game I, I, I gave it a 93 when I reviewed it for us I think it was possibly 92 well, 1 it, even I think yeah, 91 maybe yeah and if I, if I were to review it now having played ploughed you know, a couple of hundred hours into it and it really is that many and the game keeps on giving and I've read the uh, amazing Bayonetta guide from a guy who's actually uh, might be writing for us in the future. And the amazing Bayonetta guide is 200 pages of Bayonetta. And you look, you read it, you're like, this game has got so much in it. So, so much in it. So much imagination. So much variety. So much... The, me- the mechanics in it are... You could spend a lifetime mastering them, you know? How many games can you say that about? And Matt's right. There have been a lot of games where you're like, wow, the Xbox version was definitely better. You look at Fallout. Three. You look at uh, even Far Cry Two. That's a game which is considerably better mm-hmm. on Xbox. Uh, I think you know what? It's not so bad at this point. Now PlayStation games that are multi-format tend to yeah. they tend to be there's parity between the two yeah. platforms. But even now, hey, you know what? We all we all like we all read uh, the dig- Digital Foundry thing on Eurogamer, mm-hmm. right? Every now and again, and uh, it's not often the, the PlayStation One comes off no. better. And you know what? Often it's tiny things, tiny tiny thing. A frame dropped here, uh, a bit of a screen tearing there. You know, it's always small things, but make no mistake, the Xbox version is always done is coming off better. Mm. And with that in mind, if you and considering the exclusives, you put Halo against Killzone, Halo's yeah, an yeah. easy win. Even if you put against Resistance and Killzone, you're still looking yeah. at an easy win for Forza uh, against Gran Turismo. Forza against Gran Turismo. I mean, Gran Turismo is is, is finished now. It's over. The, the last Gran Turismo to me, as a former Gran Turismo fan, mm. was a real slap in the face. Uh, Forza is definitely the definite winner there. And you know what? Microsoft haven't banged out as many exclusives as they should have over the last couple no. of years. They really haven't. But the few they have have been, They've been bigger Gears. and better. Gears of War, you know? Having said that, I'd take Uncharted. Like, what's Uncharted's yeah, competition? What is uh, The Last Guardian's competition? Like, Little Big Planet, even. It's not for everybody, but we've got nothing that can compete with that. Yeah. Um, so, you know. Well, we're anything, not sitting here saying like yes, the, we're um, easily the, the best. Three sixties, little bit of power would probably would be at closest would be with Viva Pinata, and the closest yeah. 
would be gears to Uncharted, you know? Like, mm. they share quite, quite a bit in common just in the shooting yeah. mechanics and so on. I think if but that's they're the not case, really I'd, comparable, no. but... I'd know. probably pick Uncharted out of the two if I was forced to, but it's a, it's a stupid comparison yeah, anyway, because yeah, yeah. they are it's, different. They're, and they're both great games. Like, that's the one game that any Xbox owner's got to say, you know what, I, I, I really would like yeah. that. And Metal Gear Solid 4. Of course. Metal Gear Solid 4 was a really, really good game, and I think we're all excited to be getting... Uh, the Metal Gear Collection. Mm, definitely. Xbox, and you, actually, you played a little bit. Yeah, of it. I have played a little bit of it. But before we do that, check out Superman's costume. That is unbelievable. Yeah, that's on Grant Morrison's new book. And Grant Morrison's a hell of a writer. Whose idea was He's got shoes and hush puppies on. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's got jeans and hush puppies on. How comes the bullets aren't ripping the jeans? Are they super jeans? So, well, this is the thing. This has always been the question with Superman's costume, right? The guy gets all kinds of whacked up. Surely, like, he, he should walk out of everything but naked. Doomsday, well, Doomsday made a right state of his costume when he killed Superman. Like, the costume was in a right old mess then. But generally speaking, that thing holds together real nice. Mm. Like, I mean, I would like to know who his tailor good is. Piece of, yeah. His tailor's his mum, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's right, yeah. Or at least it has been in various DC continents. Superman. Yeah, so we played, we played Peace Walker. We haven't played Metal Gear Solid 3. Now, of the three games in the Metal Gear Solid HD collection, which is coming out, we believe, November. in time for, yeah, in November, in time for the Metal Gear's 25th anniversary, uh, it's going on on Xbox and PlayStation 3. Now, on PlayStation 3, you get a few extra features. We'll talk about those in a minute. But uh, on Xbox, you get a decent controller to play it with, so it all balances out. However, I should, I'm should going to jump in here. When you played well, it, I'll talk the, about that in a minute. Yeah, I'll talk well. about that in a minute. So, um, but we only play Peace Walker. Now, it, it, does, it, does, uh, it is worth saying the, the money shot on that particular bundle, Metal Gear Solid 2, Metal Gear Solid 3, Peace Walker, is definitely MGS3. That's the game that... Um, it came out in that point in the PlayStation 2's life where you're like, you know what, it's the generation's wrapping up and this game's pushing the machine further than it ever wanted to go. Imagine what they could do with more power. Well, they've got more power now. The earliest screenshots released from Metal Gear Solid 3 were actually being rendered on a Beast PC rather than a, actually on a PlayStation. You can tell by looking at the shots. They're much sharper, they're much cleaner, much more high definition. But it's that that look, that look you'll get in, the, in this HD collection, you know? MGS3 is one of... If you were to put together a ten, list of the 10 best games of all time, MGS3 would be on there and it would be high on that list. It's a great, great game. But that's not to do a disservice to the other games on that collection because MGS2 is, for my money, the worst Metal Gear, but it's also the most one of the craziest, trippiest experiences you'll ever have holding a controller. That game twists your mind, and you'll stick with this right, man. Mm -hmm. it's that game constantly pulls the rug out from under Yeah, you. and it's like, if you look at the collection of Metal Gears, it is a disappointment, but only relatively so. I, mean, I still remember when I first got it, and uh, like you play as Raiden, yeah, no one likes him, but you got the battle with the boss battle with the railgun and the containers you're yeah. hiding behind again, blowing apart the big holes again, smash through them. You're like, you got God, the, I've uh, never the, seen the, 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 the final fight where you have to learn to use the sword. It was what 2001. Yeah, nobody had ever seen that sort of stuff happen no. in games. Like it was, it was great, and even like the the tanker bit at the start, which everyone you know picks out as being one of the best things. Like when you go in that room and there are hundreds of guards yeah. around. I bought Zone of the Enders just to get that demo, you know, and it was worth the and 40 pounds. when you're pounds. fighting the um, Metal Gear Rays at the end, where you, it's just a ray fights you and you're like, oh, I won, and then another yeah. one comes and in, then and then another, another and yeah, another oh, and another, and it's just grinding you into the ground. But I, I was quite happy spending 40 pounds getting that demo. I got the money, my money's worth out of that demo, yeah. because to have the opportunity to go into first person which technically existed beforehand in Metal Gear Solid but only in the Japanese special edition version um, 
to to knock someone out and then to shoot them and see the blood splat on the walls to go into the bar in that ship and to shoot out the bottles and stuff mm, yeah 10 years ago this was that's the sort mind of stuff obsesses over it's those little details those things like what might a player want to do in this area hide in a locker hide like, in a locker kiss yeah. the poster of the lady yeah stuff. he's like that's the kind of thing he, he gets a re- he gets a real hair up his ass about that kind of thing you know stuff that no that's, that's why he's arguably one of the best game designers in the world and you know what I've, I've spoken a lot about his storytelling before. The guy can't tell a story. He thinks the way you tell a story is to sit people and watch a cutscene for literally half an hour. Mm. You're like, that's, that's not how you tell a story in a game, man. But when it comes to actually like in-game interactivity, like ideas in a game, God, nobody does it better. I mean, you've got boss fights in Metal Gear Solid 3 where it's an, it's an hour-long boss fight where you're taking on a sniper in the jungle and he's completely camouflaged and you're completely camouflaged <laughs> as long as you don't move. And he's and he can't see you if you don't move. You can't see him if he doesn't move. But you're looking for the tells. There's little things. Birds will sometimes like f- fly near him. There's um, the, You might catch the glint from his sniper rifle. And then, then that's when you strike. It's one of the most tense moments in game history. There's another boss which makes you pay for every action you've taken in that game to that point. If you've made any wrong moves you'll pay for it in that boss fight. It's a great game. I don't know how the ends other because you could the the sniper well, fight is the end. You just wait a week, right? You just put you just put the save in and come and put the game I guess in for so. a week. Yeah, I guess that's all I you mean, do. I mean that was the, the original point because the end is the sniper boss. He's 100 years old. He will die of old age if you wind your PlayStation clock forward a week. Well, the point was was ne- the point was never to wind your yeah, PlayStation clock play forward. For it was week. to not play for a week and just wait. I guess minute. I guess that's solution the solution because you can't do that with the Xbox clock when you're on Xbox Live yeah. because it syncs up with you mm. know the the proper time. It was such a tough so. boss fight. It kind of gives you an out. Like if you get stuck on that thing, wait a week. Wait a week and it'll die of old age. Yeah, I, know, I mean, how clever is that? What? Are, and you know what? You can't even have to have the boss fight if you want. You actually encounter him earlier in the mm. game for one for literally one second. It gives you a chance to make a clean shot on him. One second, and if you get him there and then, you don't even have to fight the boss. When you and what about like later on when is it when you're captured and suddenly you're thrown into a completely different game, like a, yeah. a hack and slash yeah. action game? It's like what the hell is happening? But only if you turn the game off and on again. If you put a save <laughs> at that point and go back to the menu, then come back in, you'll wake up in Snake's dream. You'll be like, how do I even get out of this dream to get back to the game? I, th- I think that happened, and it wasn't even something I did knowingly. It was just I, I naturally turned it off then, and then so it I was went a natural endpoint, right? I think yeah, a lot of people and did. Uh, and I came back and like, like this, I this don't is know like a happening. real ideas man game, and mm. that's like both both those games are great, and MGS3 is definitely the best of bunch. But Peace Walker is, it's so much game. I actually reviewed that game for PSM3 um, and gave it a, a whopping score. And we had a brief moment in the office when we were all playing it, all bringing our play PSPs in to play it. Um, it's just too much game there. And it's the worst looking of the bunch because it was ported from a PSP mm. and they, all they've done is improve the assets slightly, you know, in the textures and so on and some of the character models. Uh, mostly it looks like a PSP game on a big screen. Mm. Um, they've, they've fixed a few things. They've made some of the wheels a bit rounder and so on, but you're, you're still looking at a game which looks like a fairly low-poly game. But... Doesn't look bad. It looks okay. It's still a really great game. It was a very stripped down Metal Gear stealth-wise, quite simple, and it doesn't have any of the complexity that MGS3 has. By the way, I'm really hoping they fix the controls in MGS3 because it needs westernized controls. It needs left trigger aim, right trigger fire. It needs all of that stuff because the controls in MGS3 on PlayStation 2 were bonkers. One of the most weirdly controlling games ever. Um, uh, Peace Walker is. Um, like I say, there's too much game there. You see, you've got the stealth mode. You've got like a hundred stealth missions to do. 
Then you've got a dozen boss fights to take on, and if you beat the bosses in the right way, you can actually recruit them. Like, you can take these uh, mechanized units, these tanks, and add them to your arsenal. Then you can field those in these side missions and send guys on missions. And all the time, as you're going through these levels, you're capturing guys. You knock them out, you take them down, you attach a little balloon to them, and it carries them out of there. You know the Fulton recovery system mm, from Batman? Yeah. Like, they use the balloon to get out of there, that's how you extract these guys. Then you take them back to your mother base, you break them, and then you recruit them to your site. Some of them you'll have making food for the base because the base needs to be fed. Some of them will be researching new weapons because you need new equipment for the field. And it's like there's a full-on base management mode. There's a full-on uh, you know, team management mode where you're sending teams out on the field. Football manager-style stuff where you're sending the best team for the job to these on these special operations. There's a multiplayer mode where you can all co-op. And by the way, that is playable on Xbox Live. So you can do four-player co-op over live. Like, this is a game which is so, so, so much stuff. You can even build your own Metal Gear. And that unlocks a load of new missions once you've done that. This is a, a big, big game. And, and it comes on a game with two others. I know if, you know, some of us have looked at the HD collections PS3 has been getting for the last year and a bit now. It's been quite sad that Xbox hasn't had them. But of all of them, this is the one. Yeah, this is the one you want. Yeah, and coming to Xbox as well. We all that we thought, thought this collection would come to PlayStation. Yeah. None of us expected it to come there's, to Xbox. There's one other collection that would that comes close and that's the Eco and Shadow of the Colossus HD collection yeah. which of course we're jealous and we're sad yeah. but you know we're both PS3 owners we're delighted that it's coming in the near future but yeah the MGS trilogy for people who haven't played it I mean certainly I think Snake Eater the other two might seem a little bit dated now by today's standards still great games but Snake Eater I think holds up I couldn't get fully past, holds up I couldn't get past the cutscenes in uh, Metal Gear 2 well, when Metal I played Gear 2 it. is the most cutscene heavy yeah. Metal Gear oh man it just it drove me up the wall drove me up the wall and it wasn't like the story was like amazing no. you know enough to kind well, of keep you bewildering you yeah. I, uh, I defy anyone to understand that game I think I played about a couple of hours and then it's jacked David, it in it's just David Lynch here. one of my first mad. rows with my wife and we don't to be honest we don't argue but I did have a row with her about Metal Gear Solid 3 because it was near the start and I think I got to a bridge I can't remember exactly I think I got to the road bridge and I'm like, oh, come to bed. Just, uh, I'll just finish this cutscene. Do you want to see? It's like, okay. For about 40 minutes later, yeah. I'm like, shit. She's that's, like that's massively the, annoyed with me. That's the point where they launched a nuke and everything. Yeah, like, like, oh, I'll be right out just after this. I've just done this level and I'll watch the cutscene. Yeah, 40 minutes later, I'm in the doghouse. Hideo right. Kojima's a rotten storyteller. He mm. really is. He just needs to do less. Yeah. Do less. Just le- less is more, you know? That's one of the cool things about Deus Ex. And again, talking about the first 10 hours, not the review code. That game um, is really short on non-interactive stuff. It really feels like... You can you can play it like Metal Gear if you want. You, know, you really can play it like that. And uh, it's really short on anything that's not interactive. There are cutscenes in the game, but probably not. You know, it, well, in, it's, let's just say in the first... 10 hours is probably about 10 minutes of cutscenes and then extrapolate that to the rest of the game. I guess Deus Ex is a very sort of modern way of doing games, yeah. uh, whereas, you know, Metal Gear 2 is is not, no. you know. Yeah, it's an old game. It's, yeah. uh, it's, a, it's an old game. But you know what? Like The thing was, like Metal Gear 2 felt kind of old to me when I played it back, because I played it in like 2003. I came mm. to it a bit later than most people. But I had played the original Deus Ex at that point. Mm. And Deus Ex was already quite progressive in that regard, you mm. know, in, in terms of storytelling, in terms of RPG mechanics, in terms of stealth. Yeah. Even Metal Gear One had all those the chitter chatter on the. Um, yeah, but MGS Two of all of the yeah. Metal Gears is the is the crazy one. Yeah. What I will say about Peace Walker is the controls are wrong right now. Um, 
it's conf the controls are configured for like a PlayStation pad, even on the Xbox. I don't think it'll be that way in the final build. I really don't. I don't think we need to worry about that. But it is worth pointing out the build that it showed at E3 and the build I played in the office. The um, bumpers are the fire buttons. So the right trigger is your shoot button, and left trigger is your aim normally. But in this, it's the left bumper and the right bumper. So you, you're, the triggers are left for inventory stuff, and it, it feels just weird. Yeah. Mm. I think that'll be fixed in the end. But there's another number of other buttons on the pad that need to be fixed as well. Uh, for instance, the um, the main action button is Y. Why? Why is that? That's mad. Put it, make yeah. it put it on A. You know, that's that's the default action button. And we're a bit of luck to be able to re reconfigure all of the controls anyway. Uh, we're really hoping they actually redo the controls completely in both MGS2 and MGS3 because, mm. like I said earlier, MGS3 was mad. And also, there are certain things they can't do in MGS3 if they keep the buttons where they are. The 360 doesn't have pressure sensitive buttons, uh, and MGS3 there were in, in there. If you hold gently a button, you'll grab someone in a choke. You hold it hard, you'll snap their neck, and that's something you can't replicate except on the 360's triggers. It makes perfect sense to put all the attack buttons onto the triggers. Mm. Let's just hope they they're savvy enough to do yeah. that. It is a Western company doing the port. So. Yeah, who is doing the port then? Same guys who did um, the God of War HD collection. Oh, right, I, I okay. forget their names, but they're uh, they're a, a, a decent outfit. So we'll just interject there a second, and just uh, just uh, we'll take a couple of questions. We've got quite a few, and it'd be nice to answer them. Answer a few of them, and we we can always we can always come back if we've got other stuff to chat about. But um, quite a few people have, have have been asking about the next Xbox. Kevin, Kevin, N N N. Kevin, Kevin. On the Xbox uh, on our Twitter page says, "Is it true that Xbox Seven Twenty really is really being made right now? Is it just a rumor?" And Simon1982 asked, do you think Microsoft's next console will depend on downloadable games and contents? And uh, David Green on, uh, on, our, on our Facebook page says, uh, new Xbox is heavily tipped to be revealed in 2012. What do you think we'll get from it and what do you want to see in the new Microsoft plat on the new Microsoft platform? So kind of similar questions. I thought we could just generally have a chit-chat about the... We, we know from a number of industry contacts for a fact that there are people working on prototypes mm. for uh, the next Xbox and the next generation of for platforms altogether. Um, we also know there's been a lot of uh, industry leaders calling for a new console generation. Yeah, yeah. lots have been very Mark vocal Rain, about it. Uh, the guys at Epic, Mike Caps at Epic, um, Ubisoft, Ubisoft have recently yeah. out. You know, there's a lot of luminaries who are coming out and saying, you know what, we need a new, it's time for a new generation. Yeah. We're being hamstrung now. Yeah. Uh, you've got current PC hardware making console hardware look a little bit silly yeah. at this point. And that's um, why I forget Xbox is six years old. It's, uh, and then when it, you know, it's coming off old the, machine. Uh, you can't think of many consoles that have had the lifespan this has, you know. And it's time. Make no mistake, the new Xbox is in development. It won't be anything more spectacular than a, another beast PC in a box, mm. which they work out a way of manufacturing cheap and making as small as possible. Mm. Connect's got to be a permanent fixture of it. Or I would, an I would also. I think Connect 2 will be yeah, yeah. bundled in the box. I yeah, think. definitely. And there'll probably be a slight tweak to the current controller, but don't expect much of a change there. Uh, if they do change the current controller, <coughs> I would speculate they put a touch panel on the back in the same way as the PS, the PS Vita. Vita yeah. That makes sense. That's a good innovation. I think that makes sense because when you've got a touch panel on the back, you can basically turn any section of that controller on the back and make it a button. 
Mm. You can make any part of it a button. And you can say, right, touch the top of the top right of the pad. Well, that's a button. Top bottom left of the pad, that's a button. And add it for extra features in games where you where you desperately need extra controls. Even if it's just like scrolling through menus, like yeah. that's sim- simple. Absolutely. You know, you frees yeah. up the analog sticks. And You're right, that's right. You can just swipe through. And, and, and that's I think that's possible. But, you know, that's speculation. What we know for a fact is that it's definitely time and it's underway. I mean, we may even know. Did I read that, that someone, obviously no one from Microsoft, but someone, a fairly senior source somewhere said they're definitely going to unveil it at E3. Now, this is what, E3 2012, this is what we pretty much said all along, I think. I think we'd be start. astonished if, you know, well, the, yeah. the, I we think walk away from that conference what, having not seen I, I wouldn't want to, like, put my head on the guillotine with that, but I, I'm as certain that that's going to happen as you can possibly... I'm absolutely certain they'll go, but I wonder if it'll be released that year. Because oh, I don't think... The yeah, thing was Kinect. Yeah. Kinect was uh, launched, was announced 18 months before it was released. Yeah. I don't so think they they'll might, launch they it might tease it. They might tease it and then debut it properly... A year later. Do you think, like, everyone... Um, hell, tomorrow even, this might be a bit late. But, uh, you know, everyone's been saying, GTA is coming, it's been announced soon, it's been announced soon, it's been announced this summer. Wouldn't Rockstar, like, be wise to if, you know, it's in production, the next PlayStation will be in production. If it's going to be unveiled next year, what better way to showcase a new machine than with that, a new That won't GTA? happen, and I'll tell you for why. That only benefits platform holders it doesn't benefit Rockstar mm. it makes sense to get that game out on the platform where you can sell it to the most people and they can produce a version for the PC yeah. that has everything maxed out and looks amazing everyone, I mean anyway. everyone's been doing those videos the past few weeks to put them online the modded like, GTA yeah. how it should look and like that's what you want from a next the gen th- the thing GTA. is with that as well is that you know Microsoft have got a vested interest in, in it not coming out at the end of 2012 anyway because they're releasing Halo 4 mm. you know so yeah. so you know it's it's uh, you think of it this way: like you finish Skyrim right now. Any, any name any big publisher you like. Uh, For uh, you know, Forza is coming out this year. It, it's a two-year development cycle on a Forza game. If they release the next uh, the next console at the end of two thousand thirteen, which is when we expect it, yeah. which is, is what we've heard from the people who who are apparently working on prototypes. There, that's the window they're aiming for. You're looking at a, for making Forza a launch game. Potentially a Gears. Yeah, potentially a Gears. Gears of War is a launch yeah. game. Like, and it, what better way to start a brand new trilogy? Because they're ending the Gears yeah. trilogy with this yeah. one. You launch it on the new platform and you launch it. And, you know, that's, you just two games that will shift the platform. Two right pretty now. awesome games to launch like, with, that's, yeah. That's a platform. I mean, platform when I chatted to Dan Greenwald at E3, he was talking about the three-year, five-year plan that they have. And like he was, you know, hinting at new machines, like what they want to do. They... Yeah, they're not just about making a racing game, they're just like making a car game and an entertainment product about cars. And like he was you know, if you if you listen to the interview, if you go through I think we printed it in, in our next issue, which uh, we'll come to in a little bit, like you'll you'll see what he was saying and it's clearly in their mind that they're yeah. that's their next step. Well Mike's got an interesting theory on yeah, this. Hasn't so he? they're building all of these massively high resolution cars for this game. There comes you know, the way development works on different games is different but when I, with a game like Forza once you've got the cars built you know you've, what, do your, what do your art guys do they actually freelance out a lot of their art they have um, you know, modelers outside the company who build the cars and so on just because it doesn't make sense to have a bunch of artists sitting around twiddling their thumbs yeah. when they're done producing a load of cars 
But this time what they did, they had a bunch of art guys on, you know, available, so they had them work on these monster resolution versions of the cars, because they had this mode they wanted to put in, this, this auto vista thing, where you can get up super close to the cars. Their, their thing is you want to get to get within six inches of it, and for it to still look good. Mm. You can't do that with Forza's existing models. You need a million polygons to do that. But Forza and the current Xbox can't sling 16 million polygon models around a track. It's already millions, millions of polygons itself. Mm. The console just cannot handle it. But, you know, we'll be able to handle it. The next generation of consoles. So what you've got, you look at uh, Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo had a thousand cars, but only 200 were new because that's all they had time to produce. To produce models of that fidelity with cockpits and everything, it took them, you know, they got they managed to turn around just 200 of those. It took them years, five years even. Well, you know what, with Forza, they're using Forza 4, this is my theory, to get a head start on the next generation. Mm. Before they've even finished Forza 4, they already have 100 cars in the bank yeah. for the next Forza game. It's probably more than that, is it? Or? It's, it's not every car in the game. Right, okay. But it's, uh, it's a number of cars. And the idea is you have to complete a challenge with the car in the game to unlock the high-resolution model, which you can play uh, with. Right, right. And you know what? Auto Vista sounds rubbish. Like, oh, big deal. It's a high-resolution car I can look at. But it's actually kind of cool because... It has, each car's covered in hotspots, and they don't become avis- avis- like available unless you get particularly close mm. or look at a particular part. So maybe you get really close to the wheel on one car, start turning the camera to the side, and a little thing will pop up saying, hey, check this out, and it'll show you something cool about it. And you it's know what? Fun little hunting. Game. Yeah, and, and you know what? For people who are really into their cars, that is super exciting. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a lot I mean, because that's the closest a lot of us will get to a Ferrari and a and that's the thing. Maybe they've picked really... They put the most. Abs- they put the cars you want. The cars yeah, where the yeah. doors all fold open and That's like right, yeah. bounce out on yeah. hydraulics. I mean, stuff. I mean, part of me does wonder whether this and indeed if anyone else is doing it. I think we have. There's been suggestions that maybe another company is is adopting this high res. You know, I think we can actually. Policy. I think we can actually talk about that. Can because, we say? Yeah, well, um, the you know, everyone knows uh, Gears uh, Gears of War three has actually leaked online. A very early copy. And there's been some suggestion from people putting the video, like the game, onto YouTube. That if you like plow through the assets of this game, some of the assets are slightly higher resolution than they need to be. Mm-hmm. Higher resolution than the Xbox can even display. And it makes you wonder. Maybe they're preparing for a PC version of the game, or maybe they're just building a game which, when you put it into the next generation of Xboxes, it looks nicer. Better. That, yeah. that, yes, that was my theory because I remember you know when the PS2 came out and say if you Vagrant Story was uh, was developed with that in mind when you put Vagrant Story into PS2 and switch on the right mode in the settings of the console it looks noticeably better Mm. maybe it's not maybe they're just getting ready to the future when you put in a cheat code did they? Yeah, I, quite so. possibly. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe they're doing that. Maybe they're just getting assets in the bank. Maybe, like you say, it's uh, maybe purely it's for the PC. Thing, the other rumor we've been hearing is true. The, um, the the idea that the PC might eventually support Xbox games. Mm-hmm. We're hearing Windows 8 might support Xbox games. Uh, we're not hearing it from any reputable sources, we should say. But uh, it's, it's a, a rumor which has been doing around for a couple of months now. What you also what is also worth bearing in mind is you know you were talking about GTA 5. You know, would they do the next? Uh, would they you know, launch it with the next console? And I don't think they will. But if, you know, what we saw at the end of the last generation was that a lot of games came out on Xbox, but were then ported over to 360. I think it's specifically a Hitman, Hitman Blood Money. Did. Yeah. You know, and, and what great game, Gun. That's right. That, Gun. That's a terrific game. <laughs> yeah. but, but, Far Cry. Far Cry. Yeah. Yeah. But what they might do is, you know, they may. Yeah. 
they may, I don't know, I don't know the technical side of things, but they may either port it over mm. or they may, you know, have these sort of high resolution textures in there and stuff that they just can just ship, just ship flick the a disc with those assets yeah, on. Yeah, flick it. a switch and then suddenly you've got a slightly, I don't yeah. know, I don't know how possible that is, but. You know, imagine if uh, Microsoft could turn around day one on, you know, they launched the thing day one. They've got new Forza, new Gears. They've got a higher resolution GTA 5 and a higher resolution Halo 4 or whatever. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's my life. Yeah, we're going to be paying very close attention to the assets we get on our review discs in the next mm. few months. Like, we're going to be pulling those apart and having a real good look inside just to see if there's anything... Yeah. That's telling. If if any if if that anyone's continuing in that regard, regarding the question about whether they'll be counting on downloads, you know what? I'd like to think by now we will, but I don't think we will. No. Um, the hard drive <coughs> space is still needed for that. I think and yeah, the amount of data the, going the has to though, be downloaded. Like hard drive space is cheap. Discs are expensive, and that's the problem. It's like we need a new media format. We can't run with DVD next generation. But Blu-ray is really slow and shitty. Is a seek times on it are really low, and it takes ages to load anything off of the thing. Now, hard drives are cheap. We pay what for two hundred fifty for gig hard drive on three sixty. Like what is it, sixty something quid? Mm. It's a stupid price. You can get a, you can get a thousand gigs for fifty quid these mm. days. There is no reason that for Microsoft to be selling it at that price except to milk people. Mm. It's a, a comedy price. But a terabyte drive won't be enough for next gen. Oh, I, I don't know. I mean, when you're you're still only talking like thirty gig of pop for the games. You're not really talking about going much more than that because the art pipelines aren't there. That's the problem with generally developing for a next next generation. It's like, how do you build a team big enough to produce the assets at that you know of that resolution and that, and that amount that you'd need to. To, but you know, at the same time, hey, you've got kids who are like literally nerds in their bedrooms modding up GTA to look as good as that that. Yep. Demo show, what did you make know? of that? I thought that was amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, to so just use the how, existing the, game as a foundation. What have they? How have they done it then? Swap just mods. They swapped out every mod, car model. They they, fixed, they changed the tweaked the lighting model. Added depth of field modifications. Just changed amazing. the street textures. Yeah, te- textures all across the board. I mean, it's a total, absolute total overhaul, and the the, the work that went into it is it's unbelievable. Incredible. Yeah. It's like you know, it's hundreds of people bringing their work together. Yeah. Um, where would they be depending on the downloadable games I would like to imagine they would be releasing games downloadable day and date but the trouble is okay so you've got a 30 gig game brilliant a lot of people in this country are capped at 40 gig yeah like they, can't, they can't download more than 40 gig a month and normally let's face it Microsoft and every other country in the world would be like come on grow up England it's time to break your cap we're just going to do what we want to do but recently over in America um, a number of networks have started adopting new caps that make our caps look like it's Christmas Day. Right. Some of the caps that have been introduced over there are astonishing, really? genuinely astonishing. Why is that then? No idea. I think it's just like, it's generally speaking, everybody wants to uh, clamp down on the amount of bandwidth everyone's using yeah. just because it benefits them to do so. Yeah, There's yeah. been some particularly daring types who have been, uh, I think I'm not sure if they did it or they're proposing to do it, like allow unlimited bandwidth on their own movie downloading service. But to cap everybody else, right. like that's that's balls. Yeah. yeah. But you're looking at like um, a global bandwidth shortage we're coming towards yeah. at this point, unless the providers start playing a fair game. Yeah. It's not 1998 anymore. No, no. When, you know, when you download an HD movie, you're looking at pulling down eight or nine gig of content. You can't, you can't say, oh, you're only have to put in 40 gig a month. 40 it, gig a month's a joke. I do 40 gig in a week. And you know what? You look around. I mean the. Internet access in this country is a uh, a joke, you yeah. know. I mean, you know, I I I live like four miles from the centre of Bath, and it's taken me this long to get anything approaching a decent internet 
internet connection. I've finally got fiber optic. You do have it now, though, right? Yeah, finally got fiber optic. But that I've been in that house ten, uh, ten years, and I've all, up until that point, I've always had shat internet connection. If I got more than 0.5 meg speeds on that line, it was like happy days. Unbelievable. I mean, how are you supposed to game like that? Yeah. I, so you might as well just. You might as well play a game that's running at five frames per second. It's worth pointing out, PlayStation 3 games need a Blu-ray <coughs> as big as they are because on a Blu-ray, you don't want to be spending time decompressing stuff. All of the assets on an Xbox disc are smushed down, compressed as much as possible to save space. And a lot of the, con- the loading the console's doing is just decompressing all of that stuff. On a PlayStation, you don't decompress it because... They don't compress it in the first place, rather, because there's so much seek time involved with looking for the data on the disc. There's so much... Uh, so, you know, the, the disc can't be read as quickly as a DVD either. And, you know, so Blu-ray is not an ideal format by any means. So games, they're going to be bigger. They're not going to be immediately ten times bigger. Mm. Uh, we're, we're looking at a, a big shift. The next generation of consoles definitely needs a new form of storage. But I don't, I don't want it to be Blu-ray. Mm. And, USB memory sticks. And you know what? A, terab- <laughs> a terabyte is is no problem. You're like, it's, it's, You're talking... God, you can you can get thirty games in thirty ten gig games in three hundred gig, you know. So thirty current games into three hundred gig. You know, you're looking at let's say we triple the size of the games. You're still getting thirty games onto that hard drive, and they'll take take the same attitude that the guy that's their Steam do. They say, well, you know what, the games are yours. They're always yours. You just delete them when you're done with them, and if you want to, you can download them again. Mm. They're always yours. Mm. Uh, Steam is, you know, is the model to follow. The, yeah, the, the, they they really are excellent. And yeah, you know, the, the dream, the the real dream is, um, is actually a Steam box. You know, a, mm. a dedicated box which runs Steam, and you can just pull all the games down mm. off of there. That has EA games on it and everything else. Yeah, obviously. that's the trouble because now EA have launched their new Origin service, and it's yeah, a, uh, yeah, it's a total pain. But like, I mean, it, uh, Steam are uh, there is going to be a new version of Steam that works entirely through a controller so you don't ever have to get put out a mouse and keyboard to configure anything to select your games to purchase anything you need to do it all through a controller and at that point you've got to start thinking god what if you had an apple branded box with steam which just comes with just a big powerful pc with um mm. you know with a big powerful mac even mm. with uh steam on it yeah and you could see like the damage that would do in the console oh, world that would that yeah. would change everything Man, life. but hey you know maybe it, maybe it isn't maybe it's uh, microsoft teaming up with them Mm. You know, maybe it's they don't do it. They, maybe they go and run it alone, or they just team up with like a bunch of guys like Dell. You know, it might be even be something as simple as yeah. that. But in one way or another, they are looking at making a version of Steam mm. that is usable on a telly from a box under your TV. Mm. Um, the next generation of consoles is, um, I think, the last generation of consoles. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is what the discussion we've been having for a long, long time, isn't it? People have always been speculating on when, you know. When the console war in inverted commas yeah. will will end, you know, and you make you make an interesting point there, Mike. I mean, App, Apple are the only technology company who are who are doing stupendous business at the moment. You know, I mean, they've just had a record quarter yeah. in the worst downturn, you know, economic downturn in a century. Uh, they've got m- absolute tons of money to burn. I mean, 
Well, you, well, know, you know, no one's got more money than Microsoft, though. If there's going to be any two survivors, I don't know. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, absolutely, yeah, I, yeah. I guess you, you guess you're yeah. right. But I mean, if you're you're right, if true. Apple step into the market in some way, yeah. you know, I'm not saying like they make a console, and you know, but they, they, they already kind of have. Yeah, they right. They've yeah. and here's the thing: it's like John Carmack was saying the other day. So, like, he didn't say it in direct reference to Nintendo's machine, but it's applicable to that. The Wii U, right? It's as powerful as an Xbox, powerful as a PlayStation. You know, it's at least that powerful, but it's not considerably more powerful. We know that it's coming out at the end of 2000. 2012. That means it's going to come out about a year before the new Xbox and PlayStation. We don't know about the new PlayStation, but we suspect it's coming out a year before the new Xbox. Which means the day the new Xbox comes out, that machine's out of date. That's an old machine. Within about, about 2015, 2016, you'll have mobile phones that are as powerful as your Xbox, mm. your current Xbox. Mm. Which means you'll have phones that can do what the Wii U do. And then you, all of a sudden you've got a device that you can take with you anywhere plug into any TV anywhere, and you've got a full games console. You're looking at a device that does everything, and it's in your pocket. And I think that's the next generation of consoles. It's not actually more power. I think the next generation of power might be enough forever. Yeah. Well, not forever, but for a very, yeah, very long time. Yeah, yeah. And after that, you're looking at taking that level of power and compressing it and making it smaller and smaller until it is a tiny little device you pop in your pocket or a little pad that you carry around with you. And then you play games on the pad, plug it into a TV, play games on the screen, you take it with you and you wear it up to your buddy's one by Wi-Fi, you play multiplayer, and it's just... And, and the, the, the alternative is, like, if, it, you know, if we're going to keep getting bigger and better machines, like you said, you're talking about thousands and thousands of team members and needed that's what we're about. to like, make it's not, the games it's not that we don't and want we games do to look photorealistic it's not that we don't want them to keep going I just don't see the next generation be of consoles being we have to look, at, look at the amount of work that goes into a current generation game to do the next generation of games it's going to be that plus 50% again mm. and then you're looking at beyond that and you're like where I can't foresee a situation where a conventional t- a development team not using current methods and current asset pipelines and so on, could produce a game for a console that's, or a PC that's more powerful than those. And the phones things is in, it is interesting because that's where Apple could suddenly become a big player. Yeah. You know, iTunes and that sort of stuff. It's... And what could be cooler than that as well? Like, you know, you know, who wants these days four boxes under their TV? Who yeah. wants a giant PC these days? It's I, my PC is massive. I mean, I got a really powerful PC, and it's absolutely massive. And I'm just like, you know what? Let's just get to the point where I can put all the power that's in that box into a box the size of my iPhone. Let me plug it into a big screen. And I think I'll be kind of happy with Mm. that. You know, it's more powerful than my Xbox. It's considerably more powerful than my Xbox. So it runs all the games my existing Xbox does a lot nicer at a much higher frame rate and a higher resolution. I mean, I'm I'm sitting there thinking, you know, that's actually enough for me. Yeah. I'm... I'm at a point now where I want convenience more than I want power. Mm. And the convenience we have to take... Well, you know, someone said to me the other day, it's like, well, Mike, what, what would PlayStation... What does Sony have to do to make you play all of your games on PlayStation? Would it be like the thing with the trophies? Would it be the thing with the online? I was like, no, they only have to do one thing. Make it so I can take my games anywhere. Mm. If I can go have a little poo, have a, have a little poo, have a little lie down in bed or something, and stream my PlayStation game... I'm playing Call of Duty, Gears of War, well, Gears of War, but Uncharted, off of the PlayStation, but I'm streaming it to my Vita, yeah. and I can take that with me anywhere. And whereas a Wi-Fi, I can still get it beamed to me, as long as you're not too far away, obviously. That's the, what I want from the next generation of consoles, convenience, yeah. as much as power. And, of course, that's kind of what, what Wii U is doing. Mm. I think Nintendo, Nintendo might be onto something there, yeah. but they need more power. Yeah. 
So um, let's chat a little bit about the latest issue, which will which will be on sale uh, next week. Next week or the week after? Oh man! Subscribe. I should have really checked. About should have really checked this. Fourth of August. Fourth of August. Maybe fifth. You're right. The subscribers will be getting this week. Yeah. So. when is the 4th of August? Is it next week? No, week after. Week so, yes, yeah, subscribers will probably get early next week, I would have thought. Um, but uh, it's a pretty exciting issue. Uh, it's the last issue looking the way it does before we get crack open the uh, the magic box that is the redesign. Someone on Twitter said, oh, man, you guys only had a redesign the other week. In fact, was, the last redesign was actually, I think, like 19 months ago at this point. Yeah. It was a real long time ago. And, you know, that was kind of a refresh. It was, yeah. This is a this proper top to bottom one. This is our first redesign since, one. what, 2006? Yeah. Proper top first, to bottom yeah, job. I mean, it is real, uh, real cleared everything out, taking a look at what works, what doesn't. Uh, you, you people who follow uh, follow us on Facebook will um, or like us on Facebook will uh, have noticed that uh, I've been asking some stealthy questions over the last uh, couple of months, and that's to get an idea of what you guys like and <clears throat> excuse me, what you don't, and trying to get a real handle on uh, how we how we. Um, you know, take to different sections and what you guys want from it. And, it's 2011, uh, you know, it's almost 2012. We're in the second decade of this century now. It's, um, yeah. It's time to, you know, our last magazine was a magazine, which even in the last decade was kind of a, a cool throwback magazine. It was designed to be like yeah. an old-fashioned games mag, like a really gamey games mag. Mm. And... It was. It's. It's been a. It's been a great run. That magazine's been a yeah. strong, strong magazine. Done us well. And we're never gonna, never gonna talk it down. But you know, like I say, it's the second decade yeah. of the century. It's time to, uh, time to look at what Living works, look at what doesn't, yeah. and reflect gaming today. Reflect the way people game today. Reflect the way we game today. We, you know, everyone's getting older. Mm. Like if you started reading us when you were sixteen, you're. 22 now yeah you know that you, 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 you that's a long time and you imagine the way you play games has changed imagine the way i play games has changed yeah the way our readers play games has changed and the new magazine i think will absolutely reflect that we're talking about a magazine which hits you like right up front with a you know brand new stuff we talk about a new take on news we got a new take on previews we got a new take on reviews we got more features than you could shake a, a stick at mm. my god yeah, and and you know we'll we'll definitely chat uh, chat more in more detail about next it. Podcast, yeah, we'll next podcast we'll we'll really crack open the details, but because um, we're still trying to refine a few things and trying to decide whether the things when this thing works and, and and that thing works. But you'll be able to get a little teaser of it in in the new issue, which goes on sale fourth of August. Does it uh, feature our new logo in there? It issue? does feature our new. Yeah, we've got a new logo so as well. So you need to get your eagle eyes out and uh, not for and this next issue. Not for this next one. Gotta no. be clear because see the issue we're working on isn't the issue you'll be guys will be reading next. So let's just guys be reading next let's just episode. avoid confusion. The new the new issue on sale fourth of August is is the sa- is the same design as you've come to know, know and love and, and let's just talk about that issue. So, in that issue, we've uh, we 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 took a look at uh, kind of what was coming up. There's, the review situation at the moment is there's no point in dressing it up. Not all that great. <laughs> no, uh, there's not all that many games out. Um, uh, the games that are out are pretty average apart from Captain America apart from, I was just apart from Captain America. America. but you don't even review that in the next issue yeah, that's, so. that's the issue so, so we took a look at it and we thought what would be what would be a great feature this month is if we used the space that we're not using for reviews f- for a real mammoth look at every game coming out over the next 12 months yeah 
and we've bent the rules slightly because it's not necessarily the next 12 months it's the next 18-ish <laughs> months but it just it just felt it's the majority of them fall into that yeah. kind of 12 months it also mark. felt like a nice way to say goodbye to the old it design it did yeah like definitely to just to say like you know what let's do what the thing you know the thing that Xbox World has always did better than anyone and that's cover everything yeah, yeah. all at once our new design you know, you know we're kind of covering with super depth yeah and with this one we're covering with because because of the review situation we were able to cover with super depth and everything, everything. and My some more depth God. Yeah. so we've got every game coming in the next 12 to 18 months uh, li- literally every game we could, could, could think of uh, and this we, is where someone comes up with a game. Yeah, that's right. Really yeah, I already think I might have missed. It. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Perhaps three. <laughs> but we're really chuffed with it. We think it's a really a really good read, uh, and we advise you to run out and, and get it as soon as possible. Leading that section is um, is a, a certain bald headed uh, assassin. Buddy. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Spot on. Hey. Uh, bald headed assassin who who you, you, you may know, and uh, we're all personally really excited about. It. Again, it felt like <clears throat> uh, like it felt like it was very fitting to go out with. Agent Forty Seven. Yeah, definitely. Since he, we actually came in, you know, we, yeah, one of the most very first, one of the first issues. He was America, one of the so. first covers we did. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we got uh, the new Hitman on our on our uh, look for it on the front of the bag and uh, and on our cover, and uh, we got quite a snazzy cover actually, a real uh, real collector's cover uh, that um, that you should should look out for under the bag, and uh, and um, we won't I won't talk too much more about it um, because I just I think it's such a nice little issue that it's kind of fun just to tear it open and. And see what we tear the bag open. Yeah, tear tear the bag open, not the <laughs> yeah, magazine. Don't rip the magazine up at newsstand, uh, <laughs> or uh, just pay for it before you do. Yeah, <laughs> and see what you think. But we'd love to hear from you. Love to hear what you think of the last issue of of of, of this design of of Xbox. Last well, thing we should say: we're not changing the numbering. We're picking up exactly where we left yeah. off. Issue uh, one hundred nine will be the new. Look. Yeah, yeah. Um, September the first. The first. So uh, new new look issue goes on sale September the first. But before then, there's a real massive massive issue on sale. Fourth uh, of August, so do do go and check it out. And uh, I think that probably wraps us up. We've uh, we hope you've enjoyed this extra extra long uh, podcast today. Uh, thanks for all your questions. Um, and uh, and if you as ever do, let us know what you think. We, we'd love to hear from you about anything via um, Mike on Twitter or you know via me on Facebook or uh, Matt via uh, our, our email, which is xbw at futurenet dot com. Uh, we yeah, get in touch. Let us know what you think about anything. Try and make us laugh, and uh, and that's an added bonus. So, uh, so until next time, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.